I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Revelations. We're going to start there. Revelations chapter 2. A verse that's very familiar to, I'm sure, all of us. I know it's been preached here. I know it's been taught. So Revelations chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 1. And this is John the Revelator. He's writing in the second chapter. He's talking and he's speaking and writing to the different churches in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. And in the beginning of chapter 2, he's talking to the church of Ephesus. He says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars and has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and I will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. It was earlier this week my wife was talking to me and you know how it is sometimes in your walk with God you let things slip and she was reflecting she was looking at, uh, at my son William and you know some of the things that we did for, the, for, for my other two kids Thomas and Charlotte we weren't doing with William we just you know it's different the kids are older we're, we're doing different things And she stopped before it was time to go to bed. She said, you know what? She said, all this stuff that we have can be taken away. All this that God has given us can be taken away in an instant. I tell you, church, that I'm a blessed man. I'm very blessed. And and that's what I want to do. That's what I want to talk to you about this this evening. I want to share with you some of the secrets or some of the things that, that I believe have contributed to that, to this blessing, this walk with God that I have. But as my wife was looking, she's like, all of this can be taken. Everything we have is of God and from God. The peace that we have in our home, our children, everything we have can be taken away in an instant. And this brought me to this scripture about having that love for God and letting that slip. Because even though we could be at a place where we are comfortable in living for God, even though we could be a place where we say, God is blessed and I'm living a good life and things are going good for me. I just got a promotion. I just got this. I just got that. Things are really well. That doesn't mean they're always going to stay well. 
And our walk with God can grow cold at times. I can look back at my walk with God and I can think of times where I was hot on fire for God. And I can look back at other times and I said, you know what, I was really in the valley. I was, I was walking away from God. The relationship wasn't there. The prayer wasn't there. The fasting wasn't there. The Bible reading wasn't there. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Matthew 22. <clears throat> Matthew 22 and 34. My Bible has it titled, The Great Commandment. Matthew 22 and 34 says, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And if I look back at my walk with God, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm just going to be speaking of me, right? I'm not saying that you have to do the same thing. I'm just, I'm going to share with you some of the things that, can I say, have worked for me. Some of the things that the Lord moved upon my heart. So I don't want you to take all of this and everything that I say and think that you have to do exactly the same thing because we each all have our own walk with God. We're each going to be called to do different things. We're each going to be called to give up different things, to sacrifice different things. So just look at, at what I say this evening as more of a template, not necessarily this is what I have to do. But I remember when I first came to the Lord. You know, where I, you know where they found me, Pastor Larry? Right on the front seat. When I first came to God, I was always sitting on the front. My heart and my desire was for something more. I wanted a relationship with God. I looked at my life, <clears throat> and I did not come from a bad background. I'll be honest with you. I did not come from drugs or alcohol. I didn't. I came from suburbia. I came from middle class. My parents, they had new cars. They had good jobs. We had a swimming pool. We lived in California. We did pretty well. And through all of that, there was emptiness. Something was missing. There was a void in my heart and in my life. And when I started coming to church, my parents didn't see the reason for it. They didn't understand. Why do you, why do you need to come to church? We're fine. 
We're good. We have everything. I can understand your uncle. He was an alcoholic. He needs to come to God. But you have, you have no reason. You're, you have everything you want. Why would you need God? But I would find myself on the front row. And every time the altar call would come, I would be right up there in the front. I was looking for something, church. I was looking for something. I wanted something. I don't have a lot of experience about love. The only thing I can share was me and my wife. Right? Me and Katie didn't live in the same town. I met her at a youth camp. She went to church in Oregon. I went to church in California. I met her when I was living in California. I kept in contact with her when I got to Arizona. I would go out every summer. I would see her at youth camp. And one time we exchanged phone numbers and we started calling each other. And I remember we, it was the very first time I ever, you know, Pastor Larry, I didn't even own a phone. I didn't even own a phone until I started dating her because I wanted to talk to her. I wanted to talk to her. So I, I went out and I bought a phone. I remember going into Verizon and I said, I must be the last person in America to ever buy a, a cellular telephone. <laughs> and they said, you probably are. <laughs> Here I was like 20, 24, 25 years old, never owned a cell phone in my life. I'm like, I want to buy a cell phone. <laughs> I need to call this woman. <laughs> And I remember whatever it was, the rates were, after 8 o'clock, it was like free. Remember? Or we didn't have to pay hardly anything because it was non. So we'd wait till 8 o'clock, and at 8.01, I would be calling her, or she would be calling me. See what I mean? That's, see, in my, in my, that's what my experience of what love is. Like, I couldn't wait to call her. I couldn't wait to call my girlfriend and tell her about my day. You know what I mean? I, the reason I'm saying this is I want this to bring up memories in your mind of what it was like to be in love. Yeah, you guys know what it was like when you were dating, right? You guys, you guys know what it is. That, that love, that feeling, that, you know what I mean? You just can't... Praise the Lord. And, but it was, it was everything. Pastor Larry, I would set everything aside. For 8 o'clock. Yes. I'd be ready for 8 o'clock. I was going to school and I was working. But guess what? I was done with my books and I was done working at 8 o'clock because that was her time. That was me and her. And we would talk for hours. I would lose sleep to talk to her. She will tell you there were a few times I did fall asleep on the phone <laughs> when we were running long. But the point I'm trying to say is there was a time when there was, this, there was such a connection. I set everything aside for her. And I could look back, Pastor Larry, I could look back in my walk with God, and there was a time when I set everything aside for God. It happens the same way. When we fall in love, we make time. When we fall in love, we push things aside. Yes. When we don't care, when we fall out of love, we let all these other things come into our life and separate us. And we make excuses 
to not be there. So when I read this verse, when I read this verse in Matthew, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Putting everything, putting God before everything in our life. I remember my first, my walk with God, I was doing that. I would put God before first. I would not miss a service. I, I mean, I think there was one year where uh, my Sunday school teacher kept track. I think it was a teenager. I missed one service. It's because I think my parents took us on vacation. That was the only time my parents weren't going to church. That was the only time I missed. And I believe that was the year the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. I believe it was 1996. It was the year they beat the, the San Diego Chargers. They destroyed them. And, and the church that I went to, the church that I went to, we had Monday, we had Sunday morning service and Sunday evening service. So guess what? When the Super Bowl was on, church was, a, was on. And I remember my brother, are you going to stay home and watch the Niners? No, I'm going to church. Are you going to say, come on, why not? Just one Sunday. They don't, they're not playing the Super Bowl every Sunday. Just this one Sunday. No, I got to be in church. I got to be in church. I got to be in church because just like my wife, it didn't matter. I set everything aside. I ate dinner fast. I got my homework done, right? I did all my studying. I, I set everything aside. It's, it's now, it's time for me talked to my future wife I set everything aside and in my walk with God I was doing the same things I was setting things aside it didn't matter what it was and it's not just because you know, it was the 49ers I, I, I'm, I'm from Northern California Sacramento Kings fan I remember when they played the LA Lakers in the Western Conference final the when they lost game seven I was in church I didn't watch that game. I was in church. And the Arizona Diamondbacks played in game seven of the World Series. I was in church. I have put, I have, I have put in my life, I have set God and I have put God first. Yeah. And you want to know what? God rewards that. He rewards that when you put him first before everything else. Don't ask me how, but it just works. And it's not an instantaneous thing. It's not, it's not all of a sudden you, you, you set something aside and you say, oh God, I'm waiting, for the, I'm waiting for the blessing now because I really sacrificed. It's not like, you know, you really, you, you know, if, 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 if pastor comes up and he asks you, you know, hey, give, give to the Lord and the Lord will bless. It's not like you whip out your wall and say, boom, here it is. All right, I'm waiting for the windfall. When's it gonna come, Right? Some of these things, we lay the groundwork and eventually God will move and he will perform it. And I kind of equate it to like laying bricks, right? If I go in my backyard and I start laying a few bricks, you're gonna look down and you're gonna say, what is that? What do you got down on the floor? That's interesting. 
but you lay a few more bricks. You know, what do you got there? Are you going to put a garden in there? Put a little planting area? Throw a few more bricks down. But you got a retaining wall? Then you throw some more bricks. And actually, you've got a wall. Right? That's the way it is living for God. Some of the things that we do, some of the things that we sacrifice, the things that we put aside, it's like we're laying down those bricks. And eventually, one day, if you keep laying down those bricks, you're going to have a wall that's going to be a defense against the enemy. That's going to be a defense against this world trying to come in and ruin what you got. I tell you, church, I'm blessed because of those things that I've been doing for years. Because I've been putting God first. I've been setting these things aside. I've been putting God first in my life. I understand that things slip, and I know things in my own, my own house have slipped, but I set time aside. I said, this is time where we're just going to read the Bible as a family. This is time where we're going to put God first. And each and every one of us, it would benefit us if we would put God first in our life. If we would set things aside. If we would fall in love with God again. Repeatedly, God will come to me and he will, he will challenge me. Am I still willing to set things aside for God? Am I still, do I still love God? Am I still willing to put him first? Like I said, I grew up in Sacramento. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan, I'm not a big fan of California. Just, just because the, 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 the nature of people, and even when I go back home, everything is about money. Everything is about money. You know, to buy a home in California, you need like half a million dollars now. But so everything is about money. Money, money. Guys, I know guys that work two, three jobs, right? It's, it's all about money, money. And when I grew up, it was, it was not even questioned. It's, Chris, you're going to college. You're going to college. You're going to school. There's just no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're going to college. And so I said, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go to college. It wasn't a passion of mine. It wasn't something that I really wanted to do, but it's like, okay, this is what you do. You graduate out of high school and you go to college, you know. Um, so I started going to college there in Sacramento. When I came to Arizona, I started going to college again. And I finally, after about six years or so, part, going part-time, full-time, off and on, finally graduated from college. And right when I graduated from college, I started going out for these interviews. I started uh, looking. Um, I started looking uh, to, to make more money. Because obviously that's why you go to college. You want to get a good job. You want to make more money. So I started going out there and, and looking for jobs. And I noticed that all these jobs that I was applying for, they were going to take me away. And there was going to be a much more investment of my time. Time that I had already set for God. I saw that all these jobs were going to, I, I, I understood. My, both of my parents were, were managers, and I, I knew what that meant. I knew that you pretty much did whatever the company told you to do. If they said, hey, you got to come in tonight on a moment's notice, guess what? You came in. 
you want to do this, you know, they would say do this and do that. And, and, and basically, I looked at my parents, you're pretty much just, you know, the company owns you. Whatever they tell you to do, you do. And, um, and I saw that before me, Pastor Larry, I saw that. I said, I don't, I don't want to live that kind of life. I don't have that kind of time. I can't invest that. I can't do that. I can't drop everything at a moment's notice. Because if I did that, I couldn't stay faithful to my Lord. I couldn't stay faithful to God if my company told me every time, you got to do this, you got to do that. So I said, you know what? I'm going to put God first. I'm going to put God first in my walk with God. And if I don't make a lot of money, then I don't make a lot of money. God is going to work some way out. Sure enough, God has always worked something out for me. I've had people at work, and I worked the same job I worked before I got, uh, when I got married. I'm still working this exact same job. I work in a warehouse, nothing fancy, nothing flashy, but I've never been in need. God has provided everything for me. I told, I told people, I was like, yeah, this year I, I took a trip to Florida. Somebody asked me, where are you going? It's like in August, I'm going to Lake Tahoe. And in November, I'm going to Missouri. I'm like, where do you get all this money to go traveling? Where do you get all this money? I think I have people at work convinced that I'm, I've got a trust fund somewhere. And I just make it. I don't. I honestly don't. The Lord, the Lord has allowed all of this to happen. He's blessed me abundantly because I put him first. I don't have to worry about money. The Lord has taken care of it. When Thomas, my, my oldest son, when he was born, my wife had to have an emergency cesarean. Uh, and until you have a cesarean, you don't know how much that costs, right? <laughs> he was a lot more expensive than my daughter. I can tell you that bills were coming even months afterwards. I think every single person in that operating room needed to get paid. So I was, uh, we kept getting bills. What? I thought we paid this person. Nope, it's somebody else. Got to keep paying all these people. And, and I'll be honest with you, church, I didn't have the money. I did not have the money to pay all of this. And it got to the point where it was between you pay your tithes or you pay these bills. And I paid the tithes. I paid my tithes. I paid God. I put him first. I set him aside. And Thomas's bills were paid. William, just, just last year, we still, we still, when Brother Clark came and he preached at this church, I still owed $3,000 on William. I didn't, I didn't have $3,000. And Brother Clark comes up to me and he, he says, by 4th of July, all of your bills are going to be paid. <laughs> and I was like, all right. <laughs> all right. And guess what? We had a pandemic and I got, uh, and I, and I got what is it? A stimulus. <laughs> and guess what the first thing I got paid was? 
William. Right? He was, he was a stimmy baby, yeah. That's where my stimulus went. But the Lord always, it doesn't matter what it is, there's always a way. He always finds a way, provides whenever we need it. He is my provider. He's everything for me. And you understand that because I now know how God works with me, right? That if I put him aside, if I put, if I put everything aside for the Lord, he'll take care of me. And let me tell you what that's made me. That's made me a better husband. Because I know that I need to put things aside for the Lord. And if I want my marriage to work, I need to put things aside for my wife. I need to put time aside for my wife. Right? All of this is about sacrificing myself, my needs, my desires, what I want. I set those aside for the Lord. The Lord has shown me how to do it. Now your wife needs something. Okay, I take those needs, those desires, and I set them aside, and I put my wife first. And the Lord blesses your marriage. He blesses your marriage. See, that's why it starts with God. God will get, he will show you in your relationship with him, he will show you how it works. It will all fall in a line. It will never, if you put God first, your family will never suffer. It does not work that way, right? Because really about serving God is about denying yourself, putting yourself aside in your needs because by nature, we are selfish. When I was a young person, I was selfish. It was all about me. Before I got married, all I cared about was me, right? I did what I wanted to do. I bought the kind of car that I wanted to. I went to eat where I wanted to. But when I got married, it's not about what I want to do anymore. I want to go out for pizza. My wife doesn't want pizza. She wants something else. She wants wants to go to (laughs) Chick-fil-A. But... See, I, but see, I've learned that. See, with God and my relationship with God, I've learned I've got to set myself aside. And so when it comes to my wife, I've got to set things aside. And that as my relationship with God grows closer, my relationship with my wife grows closer. Because the Lord is already in dealing with God and knowing what God wants from me. It works with my wife. And it works with my children. There's sometimes I come home from work and I'm tired. I just want to sit in my easy chair and just relax. And here comes my son telling me about everything that happened to him during the day. And Thomas, when he gets going, I don't understand a thing he says. He's so excited, he gets, but he wants to tell, Dad, Dad, we turned the whole living room into a fort. And I'm like, <laughs> and he just, he just keeps going. And I'm okay. Okay, I want to zone out, Pastor Larry. I just want to zone out. But, okay, yeah, all right. That's awesome, son. That's awesome. And William jumps on my lap. He's like, here. He wants wants me to read a book. Read this book. And then I read the book. Okay. He comes down with three more books. Daddy, here. 
jumps up on my lap. And then he's done with those three books. He goes in the closet. He's bringing out more books. So guess what? Daddy has to read books. <laughs> but I know, but see, I know how to do that now. Because the Lord has always shown me to deny yourself. Put yourself aside. Put me first. So when my wife asks for a little time, I already know how this works. I got to put things aside. And when my kids ask for, for my time, all right, even though I'm tired, I got to put these things aside. You see, when we serve the Lord, God puts everything in order. As we start to serve God, we become more and more selfless. We continue to deny ourselves and put our needs and our cares aside. And all we have to do is look at the model of Jesus Christ as he lived and walked in this earth. I was doing a Bible study on Monday, and he was talking, Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God. He said, he that is greatest amongst you, let him serve. Because the disciples were arguing, they're saying, which one of us is going to be the greatest? Jesus just said that he was going to be lifted up, that he was going to go, he was going to be crucified. And the first thing those guys were thinking about, who, who's going to be the next one? Who, is it going to be me? Am I going to be the one to, to, to take over? Right? That's human nature. Well, I'm the next one in line. And then maybe you, you know, me, John, and uh, James. We'll, we'll lead it. We're the inner circle. We'll, we'll take over, and then all these other guys will be down here. But Jesus said, no, he that is greatest amongst you, let him serve. You're the one that's going to deny yourself. You're the one that's going to be put out. He said, who's greater, the one that sits at the table or the one that serveth? And I said, hey, I'd much rather be the one that sits at the table. <laughs> when I go to a restaurant, I want to be the one that's being served. I want to be the one that's sitting at the table waiting for the food to come. And so really what the Lord did is he threw everything. He turned everything upside down. We don't come and serve the ministry. The ministry comes and serves the people. Amen. We're to lift the people up. We're there to help you, to lift you up, to get you to where you need to be in your walk with God. When God moves upon you, when he starts to lead you, when he directs you, when he puts you into a ministry, he's going to put into you the heart of a servant. Because guess what? Up until now, what have we learned? To deny our own self. To put our own needs aside and put God first. And so this goes to the last thing that Jesus said, right? He says in 37, he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You're going to put your neighbor first. Yes. See, it starts with God. And it always starts in the home. It starts with God, and then it goes into your own home. I'm going to, I'm going to give time to my wife, and I'm going to give time to my kids. And then after that, it goes outside the home. I know I'm putting you on the spot here, Pastor Larry, but how many times have you called me and I said, no, I'm, I, I can't come on Wednesday? <laughs> a few times. I think maybe a couple times. And I had engagements that I had to be at. 
It doesn't matter, Pastor Larry, if I'm available, I'm coming. Because I've learned to put myself aside. I have to put God first in everything. I have to put God first. I'll set things aside. I'll come. Because that's what the Lord has commanded us to do. To set our own needs aside and to go out. And like I said, it starts in our own home, but then it goes outside the home. It goes to brothers and sisters in the Lord. I think one of those times that I didn't, it was because I had to meet with a brother in the church. They needed counseling. I wasn't going to say no, right? That's what I'm there to do. I'm there to serve. That's my purpose. I'm there to give myself to God. I'm there to offer myself as a living sacrifice. I'll lay it down. I'm going to put you first, God. And that takes a whole new meaning on what the church is. <clears throat> the church is not one man preaching. It's a community of believers that are giving of themselves. That will go and will do whatever you ask. If my brother needs help, I'll go help him. If this brother needs that brother's help, they set things aside and they say, yeah, I'll do it. Because God is not just some being that exists in the sky. He dwells inside of each and every one of you. Amen. I know I, you know, you have your prayer time, you have your Bible reading time, you have time that you set aside for God. But we've also got to acknowledge the God that is inside each and every one of you. And to put our brethren before everything else. That if brothers and sisters of the Lord, if they need help, if they need assistance, that you're there for them. I came here with the idea I was going to bring a few scriptures. I'm, I'm pretty much stuck on one, and that's this one right here. But putting God first. Remember that love. Remember that love that we had for our spouses. How we set everything aside. Church, that's where we need to be with God. That's what he's desiring. He's desiring us to set things aside. If I would have told Katie, no, I can't, I can't speak at 8 o'clock. I'm, I'm busy tonight. The next night she calls, oh, I'm sorry, I can't talk tonight. I'm busy. Folks, I don't know if I'd be married today. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be married. If we love the Lord, we're going to make time. It's just plain and simple as that. We're going to make time. If we love God, we're going to set that time aside. If we love God, we're going to make that sacrifice. I know, I know the church doesn't like to talk about that. We like to talk about good things. We like to talk about things that are easy, right? How easy it is to serve the Lord. It's not. Because we have to deny ourselves. We have to put our own needs and our own desires aside. And we have to put God first. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment.